Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a really disastrous final fifth season. Uh, today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 5 of Fringe, titled Power Hungry. My name is Nick, and joining me today are David and Charlie. Hello. hey All right, uh, so to start off... Well, wait, we should, we should actually say our names, not just say, hey, hey, I'm David. <laughs> retake, Fine. retake. No, just say your name. My name is Charlie. Okay, now read the, <laughs> just read the description. <laughs> All right. Um, and so the TV guide for this uh, episode uh, is, just as always, very, very descriptive and says, dangerous consequences of a man's peculiar ability to harness electricity draw the attention of Olivia, Peter, and Dr. Bishop, whose unorthodox methods extend to including the use of homing pigeons to aid their investigation. And we have a fun little discrepancy uh, the Fringe Wiki says that the uh, original air date was October 7th, 2008, uh, but the TV Guide uh, says that the original uh, air date was actually one week later on October 14th, 2008. And right here is where I'll cut in our discussion about you making a joke about it earlier. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just as a, as a fuck you. Oh, it's, it's, it's good. This is, that's what the editor gets to do. Thanks, Gregory. I like it. Gregory is not the editor. He is the sound manager. I don't know what you're talking about. Gregory is uh, Gregory is the everything, David. He is the audio engineer. <laughs> Slash editor. Slash editor. Yeah. I'm gonna pitch shift you all up. <laughs> you sound like children. That's okay. That'll that'll match what it's supposed to be doing for me. To match your voice. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so before right. we get into the episode, let's just quickly... what What's been going on since the last time we recorded an episode, guys? The apocalypse. <laughs> Basically. I, I can't wait for like a year from now when we're either going to be laughing about this or going, oh god, I remember when this was really easy. And really. Oh simple. god, we, we managed to power on the internet for five minutes and old shitty recordings of the podcast we never released. Why did we valuable time the backup generator is failing <laughs> before the demon swallowed dick and his entire uh, computer i will say uh episode five once we finish recording this marks the start of us actually putting episodes up because i was waiting for five episode backlog hey that'll be fun something we'll never have again <laughs> oh man episode backlog what's that how many months did it take us to record five episodes <laughs> Um, I don't know what you're talking about. We recorded all five of these in a day, David. Uh, that's that's decidedly <laughs> untrue. I think, I think the last time we recorded was the last day of January, or close to it. <laughs> um, when when was it actually? Well, we can look at we can look at the chat. Yeah, no, last day of January. Like it was the it was the thirtieth, so not the thirty first, but the thirtieth. It's because we oh, all yeah. saw each other on the thirty first. Right. <laughs> well, um, it's been a while. Uh. Or sorry, excuse me. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got to start a job the second everyone decided to work from home. So you know, that was cool. Uh, my 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 research continues on despite the fact that the university is in fact closed that I go to. It's a good time. That doesn't even narrow it down to where we are because that's every university right now. Yeah, basically. Much. And Charlie's been doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you guys hear that, like, BC and Calgary uh, postponed, like, elementary and high school, like, indefinitely today? Really? Indefinitely. 
Yeah. This I, is I, no I, longer a TV show podcast. This is now a current political topic podcast. I, it's going to be great to have this at the first like 10 minutes and people are just going to be like, all right, get, just get to the episode. That's what we're here for. Uh, but I, 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 I haven't fact checked that. I just heard it from someone. So for all I know, that's a rumor. Um, but supposedly um, they got, they've been shut down indefinitely, which is a, a call. Indefinitely is fucking insane. Yep. But yeah, no, that's that's probably the biggest thing that's happened. Unless unless DC did suspend K through twelve. Okay, yeah. I'm not gonna be <laughs> excited for that anime convention I'm supposed to go to in two months. <laughs> <laughs> the already canceled anime convention. So far, it is not canceled. The already canceled anime convention. By it the is... time this episode comes out, uh, we we don't know that. <laughs> They'll they'll hold on for a long time. Sure, they're gonna keep it going as like a thinning measure. <laughs> Call the herd, as it were. Doesn't delete anime. Oh no, I was saying people. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. With, with that, let's start talking about the episode. <laughs> All right, that that sounds like a good call. Um, all right, so uh, getting back to the actual episode here, uh, we this episode uh, starts off following uh, a sad-looking man uh, called Joseph Migar, uh, and his just kind of depressing life. Um, doesn't seem to have a great relationship with his mom. lives with lives with her, but she just seems to be very disappointed in him. We'll say. I mean, I would be. Look at him. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's 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 pretty cool. You know, everyone, uh, wants to be, everyone wants to be friends with Joseph. No, you know? no, they don't. It's so evidenced by the fact that they all know his name and know how to know how to say his last name. But he, it's quickly revealed he's a delivery boy. He gets uh, yelled at by his boss before going out on a delivery because he's late for work yet again. He's, he's late, late for work, and then he breaks a scanner. Right? Yeah, it just explodes in his hands. Not suspicious yeah. at all, or anything yeah. like that. It's also not the first time this has happened for Tim. Yeah. And he, yeah. I think in his locker door, there was a, a little newspaper clipping that's like, unlock your hidden potential. Yeah. Become Superman. <laughs> as, we, uh, as we learn, uh, he is, we'll call him a shy guy. Shy guy is insulting to shy guys in the <laughs> Mario universe. Maybe. That man and his four die block has <laughs> meant no harm. Excuse you, there's a zero on there. <laughs> it goes like super quickly from like oh hey he's talking to this cute receptionist he's just shy to oh god no he has a photo of her on his cell phone taken yeah. from a distance yeah no he he's 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 real creepy um yeah. he then starts um talking to her but then really weirdly for some reason the show then cuts to like the fringe division <laughs> and it just cuts to them investigating like some sort of death in a elevator i don't really yeah. know or understand what was happening it just felt like a really weird disjointed cut it was almost like like 15 to 20 minutes of the episode were just cut like it was a really strange uh strange decision by the uh some would some would almost say it was corrupted and unreadable by a ray player or a DVD but like player. but like who would ever do that who would ever give their friends a corrupted dvd as a present me i would <laughs> completely this... unintentionally but if i knew it was corrupted i still would have given it to you <laughs> This is a, a story of the fact that uh, Charlie gave Nick season one a fringe as a, as a uh, Christmas gift, and uh, disc one had a corruption on it that skipped 15 minutes of this episode the first time I watched this episode. 
Yeah, it was it was really great because I remember being like, oh, don't worry, David, you didn't miss that much. And then like going back and watching it again and being like, oh, no, we missed like 15 minutes of an episode. OK, you you miss a lot. Yeah. In those 15 minutes. Because I completely missed the boss and I missed the elevator. Like all I know is they're investigating a death in an elevator. And I'm like, that's weird. What happened? So like I had to pause, I had to pause the episode and just be like, all right, David, here's what happened. But what you have to remember is the last time that I'd watched this episode was probably four years ago. So I just I just I'm just there like, yeah, no, like, you know, he talks with her, it goes terribly. Uh he gets in an elevator, the elevator freaks out and falls and kills a bunch of people but don't worry he's still alive and it was like okay <laughs> that does pretty much sum it up no because no. it also skipped him going back to the boss and getting him and injuring him oh, and getting fired yeah. it completely skips that it was just like why is he going back to work why did he go home <laughs> what happened to his boss what <laughs> You also missed the observer sighting because uh, the observer comes out of the elevator just before. Yeah, completely missed that as well. Yeah, no, it was it was great. There was uh, totally nothing missed in this episode. Getting away from the bit and now back to the actual episode. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I watched it again on DVD. It was great. <laughs> I have a, a note about his mom that's just like she reminds me a lot about the uh, the mom from Big Bang Theory. Uh, the uh, the Jewish guy's mom. Howard. Yeah, just reminds me of that. What? He's Jewish. <laughs> I just love our lack of knowledge and care about that show. Dissolves it down into whose mom is it? Is it Bazinga's? <laughs> is it guy who got hot chick wife? Or is it Indian guy? Or is it the Jew? <laughs> hey, oh. I did not say the oh. Jew. I said the Jewish guy. It's oh. very different. One of those is better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance to everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> just beep it. Just beep it. Just, just beep what Nick said. Or beep no, my option. Beep, beep what I said and then just go, one of those is better. <laughs> well no, I really I really like the I really like the no, I called him a Jewish guy, not the beep. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways. Um yeah, my next note is talking about how awkward he is with the uh with the flirting, because it's real bad. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And like you know, it ends off with him not being in, you know, not not being in held in high regard, we'll say, by the... No, because they get in the elevator, and then she sees the photo of herself on his phone. <laughs> the good news is he only had to deal with that awkwardness for, like, another five seconds. Yeah, because then the elevator failed and plummeted to the ground, killing everyone but him. Exactly. Only Which... five seconds of awkwardness. I would, like, kill for that. And he did. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, but he's he's somehow okay, which seems super unlikely. Uh and then gets up and like just runs away. But as he runs away, all the cars turn on and the sirens go off. And you can tell that, you know, he's kind of not just a normal guy, we'll say. He has an electric personality. There you go. That, that would definitely be it. <laughs> not 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 only does he have an electric personality, some would also say that he he's uh very power hungry. Ooh, <laughs> that even worse hey i've made that every single episode no nah, that was 
There's a better spot for power hungry puns in this, and I will bring it up when the time is appropriate. I'm cutting both of them. <laughs> no. Leave Charlie's I'm cutting in. both of them and replacing them with slurs. <laughs> you absolute dick. <laughs> it's gonna be don't great. Make, don't make me come and find you. Hey man, we're all social distancing. You're not allowed to come find me. I will anyways. Fuck that. We're just not allowed to bring a mob of 50 or more people at present time. That's why I'm going to bring a mob of 49 with pitchforks. I feel like that'll still get shut down. Nah, yeah. it's, fine. it's the Ford government. They'll let us lynch an Asian man. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. All right. Away <laughs> from the political case. Now they also please. know where we are, Charlie. Now they know where we are. Oh no, Ontario. David, so we've made small. it way more clear in previous episodes where we are, unless you bleeped all that out. Rio, <laughs> where anyway. goodness grows. What? what? No, it's not that. It's where good things grow. Oh, Ontario, things... where good things grow. No, you still got no. it wrong. Is it's... it not that? It's like good things grow in Ontario. Oh, yeah. you're right. Something yeah. like that. What no, was the that, Ontario that is place it. jingle? That's the other one that's sort of on the edge of my head. Oh. Edge of your head? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like tip of the tongue, but instead of trying to say it, it's just in my head. So it's the edge of my head. You're on the you're on the precipice of insanity. Well, always. We then cut from Migar running away from the parking garage to Olivia and uh, Francis talking, and Olivia's like, "Hey, man, I saw the dead traitor John Scott in my kitchen. That was oh, yeah." Weird. And yeah. Francis is just like, "Oh, but." You, you just loved him, and we all see people who are dead. I can't do his... Sorry, it's more like this. It's a strained whisper. Yeah, that, that is that is closer. I'll give you that one. Oh, wait, we did miss a moment I wanted to emphasize because of all the dumb jokes. But once oh, no. uh, Migar climbs out of the elevator, or like when he first wakes up, he does this really slow touch of the dead girl's leg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't write it. <laughs> it's like a slow, like... It's too much. Like, it's enough that I noticed it and I went, dude, you were stalking her. Now she's dead and now you're touching her. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, Luckily, see, he just leaves, though. Seeing as how my episode of uh, of this of this show uh, kind of didn't exist. Yeah, no, I didn't catch that part. Were, were your thoughts basically, JJ, I don't know what you're going to do now? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Please stop. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Does he touch her like he's just looking at her and he like tries to shake her awake? He I the first thing he grabs is her leg. Ooh. I ooh. made no oh, oh no, it is, yeah. The first oh, thing no. he grabs is her leg. And then he like, goes like No, like before he's fully conscious, he's got like hand just below ass and is kind of like thumb stroking her thigh. That's great. Oh, that's not yeah. okay. Like yeah. it's very much creepy as hell hell. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's... that's nope. <laughs> no, thank you. That's a directorial decision. <laughs> JJ shouting at the actor. Nah, be creepier. Stroke it with your thumb. Do you, do you oh. think the actor ad-libbed that and was like, I really think it fits in with my character. And she's like, I'm not entirely comfortable with this. but This, this wasn't in the contract, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, David, did you continue to write down all the words that appear in the fringe opening? I, I stopped at this point because we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe they changed. <laughs> I swear to God. 
I really hope they did. I really hope there's one new one. <laughs> Anyways, so Olivia's talking to Francis. Yeah, and she's like, I see dead people. And he's like, that's okay. He died. Sometimes we all see dead people. Which Have you considered sense. going to therapy? <laughs> Which like not seeing dead people. <laughs> very valid response of, hey, maybe go see ther- maybe go to therapy. But also I like I like Francis's just, yeah, no, don't worry. We all see dead people. That's that's normal. <laughs> Go to therapy. Learn how to deal with it. It's fine, though. <laughs> Francis going like, oh, I see dead people, too. <laughs> I thought it was just me. Francis's backstory is he is the kid from Sixth Sense, <laughs> just grown up to become an FBI agent. Ooh, quite the tie-in. So they hear about the elevator. The Fringe Division gets uh, put in to investigate the elevator uh, murder or <laughs> mystery. Rose is like, oh, other stuff happened with magnets and stuff. Oh, yes, he lists another example, I think. Yeah. It was a, like, it was a train derailed, I think. Yeah, it's Tokyo. another elevator and then a maglev train in Tokyo, like, went yeah. through the wall of the train station. Which is only a little bit concerning, because from how Bikar is, I'm pretty sure he never went to Tokyo. Well, they do mention later on in the episode that he wasn't the only test subject. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if there was, if you haven't pulled it together already, that little poster of wannabe special he was involved yeah. in medical experience. Well, they also mentioned that he's, like, wanted worldwide, so it could be, like, he's been to other countries as well. Is Migar wanted worldwide? Or no, is... the doctor. Our, oh, our, yeah, yeah, our, yeah, Our guy that we shouldn't be introducing yet. Yeah, whatever. It's <laughs> fine. Hopefully the audience has already seen this episode, so we're not giving them spoilers for the episode. <laughs> if not, I'm sorry for spoiling a 12-year-old show. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you'd be spoiling it for David if you did anything past season one. Yeah, That's but true. I don't care about David's feelings. Oh. <laughs> um, at this point, I wrote a note saying, uh, because they're at the elevator scene, and some the engineer, he says, is t- talking to them. And I'm like, you can tell he's an engineer because he's wearing a hard hat and a suit. Yes. Yes. Opposed that, to as, as all the other regular workers. That's, that's how you know. You, you got to be wearing that suit at all times. I think his explanation is like the motor drove the car right through the safety brakes. Yes. yes. Which I... They they mention where like Peter's like that's impossible. That I think it's like beyond impossible. I I think if it went through the safety brakes, it like cuts the wires and elevators by default. If the wires are cut, they go up. Yeah. Like I think it's beyond like TV show quote unquote impossible. There's also a thing that because elevators are in a closed tube, when something very when it very quickly goes down like that without any control, it actually builds a lot of air pressure that sort of forms like a little bit of a cushion. That yes. slows it down before it like hits the ground as well. So yes, unless the motor, which I guess is what they're saying, is the motor was literally driving them into the ground. Yeah, and like Even incredibly that, fast. You're still yeah, whatever. It's hand wavy TV show magic. Yeah. Fringe science. I mean, to to the point where it's well, they look at the bodies and it's like, well, they didn't die from the crash. They were all electrocuted beforehand. They dead. They were dead. They, they dead before <laughs> hit ground. <laughs> They were DLA, some would say. Dead on arrival? They were yeah. dead before arrival. Yeah. Well, no, they, they, were, they were still dead on arrival when I hit the... I mean, I guess technically, yes. Just <laughs> That is true. When you <laughs> die before arrival, you are still dead on arrival. Hopefully. I will not infringe. Not infringe. <laughs> Come back to life. It's been time. less than six hours. <laughs> well, they're not alive at that point. They're just going to be interrogated. The confusing between stage. Yeah. 
Walter then like grabs Olivia's necklace and is like, "See magic," and it like is suspended because there's a lot of magnetic energy because everything was electrically charged. And you remember, which, like, to which also Olivia nice. first goes like, "How did you do this?" Like he's a <laughs> wizard. <laughs> I would. Can we be right, Fringe, where none of it is science and it's all just magic? Everyone's like, there's got to be a sign. Like, oh, it's levitating. Like, is there an electromagnetic field? And Walter's like, no, I just cast a spell. (laughs) He's just Walter going, no, it's just magic. And everyone, nobody believes him. And it's still like a very trying to be scientific show. Who are the the observers? All these spirits. Uh, No, they're just like. The secret just, council of wizards, like it's it's just that one guy. Like there's one guy that just teleports around. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just Joe. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. yeah, Joe just Joe's always there. What do you mean he's always there? Joe's always there. He, he cast a spell. He's been cursed. He's always watching. Yeah, no. And the reason he doesn't have any hair is every time that he teleports somewhere, it burns off of him. <laughs> that implies it grows back. <laughs> That's why he has to teleport as often as he does, so it doesn't grow back. <laughs> That's so nonsensical. <laughs> now I'm now I'm just now I'm, I'm out of the I'm out of the show. I don't, I don't if that's your explanation, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I was fine with it just being a wizard named Joe, but if that's why he has no hair, I'm out. There's too much science in that explanation. <laughs> There's too much science, and then it just spontaneously combusts every time that he teleports? Sure. Yes. You have a distinctive cause and effect, and that's not allowed. The reason he's bald is because he's bald. (laughs) (laughs) But why is he bald? He's just always been bald. Yeah, that's just what he is. Just a hairless dude. There's the explanation for everything. Why are you being so judgmental? Leave him alone. Why were there flesh-melting zombies on this plane? Oh, there's always been flesh-melting zombies on that plane. I don't know what to tell you, man. I want to see that TV show now. (laughs) It's just someone just questioning everything and everyone going, nah, that's normal. Or okay, it's been like that. Even even worse for why he doesn't have any hair. It's like, oh my god, why doesn't Joe have any hair? He has cancer. We don't talk about that. Getting chemo. Leave him alone. We like we, he's too sick to actively participate, so we just let him watch to make him feel included. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> well, uh, right. we'll get back to you, audience, once we write the pilot for this episode, for whatever this TV show we're talking for about Frange. is. <laughs> for Frange, yeah, Frange. Back to the episode. We get the uh, Walter explanation of, oh, back in the day, the government tried this project and it failed. And now it's been brought back as successful. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, the standard. In this case, they wanted to make people homing, pi- homing pigeons? No, they wanted to make people uh, be able to communicate? No, it was humans traceable by homing pigeons. Yes, I think that one. Okay. So uh... they wanted to like give everyone, like supercharge their electrical signature. And then train homing pigeon so that soldiers could never be lost or something. Probably, uh, probably to be able to find uh, like persons of interest. We'll say yeah. that's so stupid. I, <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if this was pulled from real like CIA projects because oh they yeah, dumb stuff. That's still I'm stupid. Surprised if most of this TV show was. Oh man, I can't wait for the fringe episode about giving a dolphin a hand job. Damn it! Stole my joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, we cut back to Migar who goes home and his boss is giving him shit about his uniform being all dirty and covered in like blood because he's been in a terrible accident. Yeah, no one's like, hey man, you're bleeding. What the fuck happened to you? It's just like, hey, why you got all that concrete <laughs> bone dust and blood on your uniform? And why are you so late? You? <laughs> you're What's fired. That What's that broken leg for, you wuss? <laughs> and so his boss fires him and Migar gets very angry and causes a machine to malfunction absolutely crushing his boss's arm in the machinery is it crushing or is it shredding it's shredding it's it it's like a it's like a like package machine or like a like a cardboard box maker or something it looks like his arm gets shredded is what i'll say yeah it looks like it gets stuck in some gears and stuff which is not good uh so yeah severely injures his boss and then he uh there while this is happening and is like oh yes. yeah and this he runs away i need to go find a thigh to caress <laughs> yeah he doesn't thigh, he doesn't caress his boss's thigh so at least that's not his signature move well no that's because his boss is still alive that's it's, oh. it's a dead person thing oh <laughs> this is gonna make the next part really bad then because when he she runs back to his mom's house <laughs> Ed tells her that he answers a he answered a magazine ad about unlocking his hidden potential, and he wanted to make himself more like charismatic and confident. But instead, instead just... it turned him to an electromagnetic <laughs> freak of nature. Yeah, well, it gave Which, him that. Know, it's the same thing as being charismatic, right? So it gave him that magnetic this, personality. This at this point, by the way, right as he's looking at his boss in his arm, like mangled and running away. This is where the DVD unskipped, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this no. is we the moment the last it unskipped. Second of it. Get, it, un went, it went from him talking to the <laughs> secretary to him looking at his boss in, in bloody gore. And I went, what? And then cuts to Broyles and Olivia talking. That's amazing. Oh, it was great. Charlie, I'm going to have to show you it at some point. It's, it's really, one. really good. I couldn't ask for a better skip. <laughs> well, no, it's because you scratched it in yourself. <laughs> yeah, I had an electron microscope, so I knew exactly what bits to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he tells his mom about it. His mom, the entire time, is screaming at him uh, and not being happy. And he's getting more and more panicked. And then uh, his mom has, like, a heart attack and dies. I assume it's because she has, like, a pacemaker. Peacemaker? Yeah. She pacemaker. Yes. Not peacemaker. <laughs> David. But that's the eh, peacemaker pacemaker same thing <laughs> but yeah no the uh, lights start to flicker and you can tell that electricity is getting kind of weird in the room uh followed by his mom go asking for her heart pills and him not being able to find them ever like explicitly says she has a pacemaker though they do say it later later yeah i think i just in the moment i don't remember no, uh, it's said later by uh, the Fringe team when they come. In the beginning, does, oh, okay. does she say anything like, oh, my pacemaker's acting? I don't think so. Uh, she mentions, like, oh, no, she, uh, uh, at the start of the episode, she grabs her heart at one point, uh, indicating like that her pacemaker was malfunctioning uh, because she was braiding him a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it's brought up beforehand. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, as, uh, as that happens... Uh, she falls to the ground and dies. Uh, and then he does not grab her thigh. His signature move. 
So it's not his signature move. That's one out of three people. <laughs> signature um, move. <laughs> yeah, and then we cut back to Fringe team working on the case, and Broyles gives Olivia a lead, which you would think he would maybe give it to her earlier. Nope, he subscribes to the Dumbledore method of mentorship. Honestly, it happens so often in the series as Olivia's like, oh, I'm just stumped on this case. And Bros is like, well, maybe if you looked in this specific location, you would find it. Let me give you the file that makes everything make sense, but not until after you've worked for it for a while. Here's a stack of case files you've had for 40 years about that subject. (laughs) Sort through the mint you want, liaison. Or sweetheart. He can go back to doing that. Oh. I'm so Listen, glad that we haven't had a sweetheart in a while. <laughs> Listen here, sweetheart. You need to look for a man named Jacob Fisher. <laughs> but That's, yeah, the sign. That's the scene verbatim, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> they learn about Jacob Fisher, a rogue scientist wanted by Interpol, who's been experimenting on humans. Afterwards, which Olivia sees John Scott again, right? Yeah, because yes. she's working late at night and... Uh... Uh, happens to be the last one on the office floor. Uh, all the lights start to go out, and it gets all spooky. And you're like, "Oh no, Joseph Megar has come to find her," because you know that all that happens. And then the oh, elevator doors just, open without just anyone being ghost. in there. But yeah, no, yeah. it's it's just she's just seeing ghosts again. It's fine. Just the ghost of John Scott. Oh, yeah, he's cool. John also like talks to her though. Yeah, he, well, that's why he's a ghost. Ghosts can talk to people. Yeah, but this is going. He's like, oh, one day you'll see that I really loved you. A yes. ghost would say that. I mean, the tone I put on it makes it sound much more sinister. Because as we all know, John Scott was not a coward. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but we'll get back to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that inside joke when we get to it. Yeah. I don't uh, know if we but will. Then, uh, he disappears in the elevator, but then Olivia using ghost and intuitiveness sees the sign that's like maximum capacity 2,000 pounds and is like oh hey we can do funky math to figure out if someone left and how much they weighed yes Yes. well so before that happened it's important to recognize he then got back in the elevator and went down the floor and Olivia tried to chase him down the floor yes and the elevator opened at that floor without there being anyone inside which is great yeah because he's a ghost he can phase through solid objects he doesn't need an elevator but yeah it's, it's an interesting time I like the headcanon that he is an actual ghost. <laughs> Spooky. But yeah, so they figure out that there's going to be a, there was a person who survived the elevator impact and they started attempting to track him. They look through security footage and find the delivery boy or they find the company and they start investigating him and they realize that oh, this guy was like fired the same day of the accident. He's like we should go investigate him. Look, there's a trail of destruction of electronic devices that follow everywhere he goes yeah they go to his apartment find his dead mom Eh, don't worry about it and as well as then they start investigating material um i think yes it's through the cell phone they through a phone conversation right that peter and walter have i we also miss the fact that after joseph unintentionally kills his mother um he gets kidnapped oh right yes yeah um fisher and another guy who like shoot him with a trank and like carry him off and he's like oh no what have i done time to flee the country <laughs> like an innocent man yes just as you'd expect and then we get like some fun science where for some reason walter's like aha look i've well, turned all these homing pigeons to look for 
Joseph's unique magnetic signature. Uh, excuse you. There is first. There's the great phone conversation of, "Hey, find me an electro uh, electrical object in the room," uh, and goes around trying to find an electrical object until they find um, it's a music playing device of some kind. Is it a CD or a tape player? I think it's a tape player. Tape, tape player. deck. Cassette yeah. tape. Yeah, it's a cassette, it's a cassette tape, tape. So that so that you can easily be like, "Oh, look, the cassette's just a magnetic strip, and he imprinted his signature onto it." He put his fingerprints on it, basically. I think that's how Walter describes it. It very much is. Apparently, we all have a unique electrical signature that's very much similar to a fingerprint. Yes. Which, uh, sure, whatever you say, Bob. Don't know enough about that to disprove it. Yep. (laughs) Train a bunch of homing pigeons in order to uh, track it. And hey, didn't even kill any of them. As far as we know. Yeah. They put it in this huge, like, electrical box or something, right? And then run a Tesla coil around it, which somehow does... I, science. Fringe. Science. <laughs> it, 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 it's, like, it's almost like Walter's trying to, like, microwave a pigeon. Uh, yeah. But then again, like. are, you, are you guys experts in the field of fringe science? Because I don't think so. I am not. I'm an expert <laughs> in, the, in the field of frange science. <laughs> frange science. <laughs> I, I know all the peacemate makers. That's my <laughs> specialty. Oh no. I think Olivia sees John again. Um he gives her a ghost kiss. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And but Peter comes in at this point and Olivia's like, I keep seeing him. And Peter's like, that's probably not a great thing. Yeah. But Olivia's like, he's got a cute butt. Oh shit. <laughs> God. Uh... Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So they find him. <laughs> Sexy ghost butts. <laughs> so they find him, or they track down Meager, and uh, they go into Jacob's lab, where he uh, sees the FBI and attempts to escape. Yeah. And they're trying to put Meager into a van. Meager freaks out, though, and gets the van to kill the goon. <laughs> and starts running away. So, you know, getting in the van and driving off. Yeah. To be fair, I wouldn't get in the van after I made it move forward. You don't want to get you don't want to get like a little bit of road rage and accidentally kill yourself. This is true. <laughs> um, also, with Joseph Migar, we learned that he had been like doing human experiments, probably behind the elevator crash and the train derailment. Yeah. So yes. he's been trying to make like special people because that's what he's like. Oh, you don't realize what you are, Joseph Migar. Look what science has made you special. So it seems like he's just trying to create like super people. So you know, you could say that Fisher's a little bit power hungry. No, that was worse. <laughs> it was. It was actually worse. That was worse. It's so hard to show to like shoehorn it. It's so hard. That was way worse. I, I right. think mine was better. I'm Yours was absolute trash. They're both David? pretty bad, but I think Nick's was better. Yes. Them both Very in. unfortunate. I don't want to give I don't want to give Nick this ego boost because he's so power hungry. But you know what? You, you, you gotta do this. <laughs> David stays. <laughs> Fucking hell. Gregory David, edited that one out. David wins the episode for best fun. <laughs> which is a new award. God, I was trying my best to just constantly win pun of the uh, pun of the episode, too. You've brought too much attention to it. Now we have to compete. Now this is an ongoing segment. Oh, this is upsetting. Oh, if, no. any, if any if anyone is actually listening to this episode, please comment and say who had the best pun. 
and explain why it was David. I'm going to make us a Twitter. You guys talk about the rest of the episode. <laughs> I'm making us a Twitter right now. We're doing it live. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Um, well, David's making us a Twitter right now because that's a thing. Hey, we got uh, a YouTube channel as well. That's yeah. always cool. But uh... Uh, Peter, Peter knocks out Joseph with a crowbar so that he can't run away. Which looks absolutely brutal, by the way. Yeah, it seems like it would like cave in your ribs or some shit. Like, oh, well, you're, hit, you're hitting the solar plexus. There's that fun little bone at the center of your uh, chest. Your sternum. Uh, it, yeah, your sternum that if it shatters can just like absolutely Kill fuck you. up your heart. And uh, happens uh, while Peter is essentially apprehending uh, Fisher, uh, Migar uh, is trying to uh, escape and Livia and Charlie uh, are able to capture him after a little bit of uh, calming him down, we'll say. What was our email? <laughs> uh, we're not gonna say that right now <laughs> no we can say our email uh give me one sec i, I think i'm still logged in then uh we can say do we, we want to say our email we want to get um, emails it is forstaff at gmail.com okay That's... now what's the password don't say the password <laughs> but anyways uh david keep doing that charlie we got to keep talking we got to keep uh, the no dead air no dead air allowed. Breezing, breezing through the end of the episode uh olivia talks like hey i've been seeing ghosts is this weird and he's like well not really i did link your brains in some weird experiment so it's possible that you're just like it's literally his consciousness seeing like bleeding into your yeah your it's, conscious it's, mind. it's it's explained in a lot of ways that it's his like his conscious because they were linked together his conscious yeah. has now been transferred over and she's living it and every one of these memories is her brain trying to evoke it and get rid of it yeah uh, and he's like he's like it might go away but Maybe. do you want it to go away? Yes. Uh, I would also like to point point uh, a little bit of attention a little bit back on the episode uh, when Migar is being uh, like wheeled on a gurney and he's like heavily sedated. He's he, like he's been knocked out, and you you can see in a way he's relieved because he's not with his previous captors, um, and like you know those experiments aren't happening. But he's like, can I just go home? I just want to go home. Oh yeah, he's and, like, I don't, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Just let me go home. And, like. You and, cannot, and and you can you can see like this little thing where it's like, well, we're the good guys, but to him, he's just had the same thing happen to him. He's oh, just not, yeah. you know. This is this is literally like he's like, hey, I just been captured and had experiments run on me. I I've killed all these people. I just want to go back to my life. And she's like, sorry, we have to make sure you're okay. And he's like, you're gonna run more experiments on me. This is not the. Yeah, and you can tell, like, just just from his side, it's kind of one of like it's not the first time, but it's definitely one of those times where you go, "Yeah, Fringe, Fringe has kind of got some bad stuff there." And like, you know, obviously that's what they have to do in this situation, but ooh. And a little bit spoilery, they do try to redeem themselves of because this isn't the last time something like this happened. Yes, agreed, and we'll get to that at some point. And they do try to like pull it out and be like, "See, look, we were the good guys," and even then, that kind of falls. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. Um, uh, <laughs> then Olivia sees John one last time as she's driving, so she pulls over and he goes down into like a basement exterior door, busts yeah. open the lock, and it's just filled with files. Like. Uh, it's it's interesting because you, you got Olivia at this point essentially being like, yeah, no, his his ghost is real. I'm just gonna break into this random place. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, turns out it was a good choice because he has all these files, some on related stuff, some not. 
uh, it's like John knew about the pattern. He knew about Fisher, um, but John's files are going to let them track down more of Fisher's experiments. And then they also pull his uh, personal effects out of there. And Olivia finds an engagement ring, cer- almost certainly intended uh, for her. And inside the band is inscribed the word always, which is a callback to the uh, what John told her was like, I'll show you that I loved you. I loved you always. Always. Yes. And that is the episode ends well that moment is also where nick and i had a great uh discussion we'll say discussion (laughs) uh talking about uh david how how did that start again so i was we were saying that i was saying oh it's gonna be a wedding ring it's gonna be like an engagement ring blah 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 and nick's like well it could like you know be like a piercing or something like a dick piercing Someone said that, and I went. I, well, then, no, I think I think I started off with cock ring, and then yeah. you took it to um, genital uh, piercing, Saint Alberts, yeah, like a <laughs> Prince Alberts. To which point they showed the ring, and I went, "Well, it could still be one of those." Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, no, any, anything's anything's a genital piercing if you're brave enough." <laughs> and which true. I replied, "I guess I'm a coward then." <laughs> yeah, uh, the cipher for this episode is Surge. Which... Uh, almost uh, positively referring to the popular uh, soft drink. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. As as we all know. And the uh, clue to this episode of Power Hungry uh, from the previous episode, The Arrival, uh, can be found on the telephone pole outside of the cafe where the Observer is eating, um, where there's a flyer which says, Unlock Your Hidden Potential, which, as oh, we all know, yes. is a callback to uh, Joseph, Joseph Migar's uh, response, like ad response. One of those late oh. night TV ads. Uh, fun fun oh. thing, if you look at his like newspaper clipping of the ad, right underneath there is an ad for like a modeling agency. Oh, modeling with quotations, right? Oh yes, very very much so with quotations. But I had the. But yeah, no, that would have been the uh, uh, that would have been the hidden clue for that episode. Once again, never would have noticed it. Uh, but glad to see it's there. Oh, it's even oh. worse. It's hidden behind. <laughs> oh no, they hid it behind the the word art. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, That's one terrible. Second. One second. Look. Oh, I'm so bad about this. <laughs> so no. So I was wrong. It's not a modeling. The ad beneath the unlock your hidden potential is sexy pinup type wanted for receptionist position. Ambitious minded discreet female wanted for nine to five position. Pour yourself a cup of ambition and work for a handsome, rich, generous boss. But the S's in boss are replaced with dollar signs. And it oh, says, no. And then it says email photo only to Michael Jortner. I didn't Jortner. realize Harvey Weinstein had a weird pseudonym there. <laughs> oh. Did you know that if you rearrange the letters in Michael Jortner and add a few, you get Harvey Weinstein? Spooky. <laughs> if you add and remove a few? Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's that's a terrible placement for it. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm glad right, you went and hidden saw it. behind the Y and the O of Brooklyn, New York. Also, yeah, in the word art, fucking bullshit. But if you look at it too, that the lighting's all wrong on it. It's like flat lighting, so that was almost certainly added in post. Oh, hundred percent. I'm betting most of these were. They filmed the stuff, and then JJ uh, Abrams went, "What if I made another thing?" And I'll call it Lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 
with that joke, I think we'll move on to ratings. What do we uh, rate this episode? This was a pretty fun episode. I always like it when it's the person is the science thing instead mm. of an object. Um, yeah, I think uh, with the added context of what happened in the first 15 minutes of the episode, I really liked it <laughs> compared to when I first saw it and I was just, was just confused. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Those... I don't know. From my side, it really felt like it was like an incomplete episode. Like, I felt like, <laughs> like, like thirty to forty percent of the episode. So I'm gonna have to like knock it down about thirty to forty percent from that. We side. should really like get three three to five stars for me. Uh, Nick, I need you to get me timestamps for where it exactly cuts, so I can post that. So if anyone listening wants to experience the episode like you do, <laughs> they can. <laughs> I'll see if I can find that for you. I'll get I'll get Charlie to come watch it with me, and we'll get you the timestamps. <laughs> Um, that should be a game is randomly you cut out 15 minutes of a fringe episode and does it still make the same amount of sense? The answer in most cases is no, just like this one. <laughs> Wait till we get to, does that still work for season five though? Yes. Oh, five so much a, worse. Is a fever dream. Yes, oh. but that, does it make any less sense if you cut out 15 random minutes of it? it <laughs> or does it make like, it the same amount of sense? It would be like if you didn't have Donna Noble in a Doctor Who episode, would it be a good episode? And the answer resoundingly is yes. <laughs> she's a bad companion. If anyone wants to do us a huge favor and just uh, that season where she was the companion, just cut out every single scene where she's in it. I just want to see the cut of the season that's just <laughs> without Donna. <laughs> no, no, no. Even to make it a good season, replace all the scenes with Donna, with scenes of with Martha Jones. Well, no, but then you would have to. Make, that makes no sense. You would have to make up scenes or refilm them. I just exactly. want to see. I no, I want to see the season just cut apart and see if that's better. If I enjoy that more. Also, also, can can we can we make a new like like way to like rate a TV show? Whether it is like whether it's good or bad, if you can cut out percent of the, it still makes sense. <laughs> and then, is it good or is it bad that it can be that? Like, which which way is that? Like, either the tighting is so right like tight and so good that it ruins the show or the writing's so horrendously bad that you're like it's fine i still it's i still made sense to me yep like yeah, which, there's a very fine line <laughs> uh, but on on the whole this is like a this is a fringe episode this isn't yeah a horrible episode this, this is like a very this is a five out of ten Oh, five out of ten? That's fifty percent. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fine, a six then, six seven, like whatever. Wait, these are you... bad ratings. Aren't we doing aren't we also doing at five stars? Is yeah, we're doing five star ratings, first of all, oh, Charlie. No. That was why two I gave it two and a half out of five, then. It's very middle of the road. I don't hate it. I don't love it. You oh. can watch this episode and be okay. I was saying I was saying four out of five. I really like this episode. Oh no, not four. No, four too high. As as I said, as I said, I got, like the only reason I'm giving it is three is because like it felt like i missed like 30 to 40 percent of it i'll, I'll go think... up to a three i just I, I think it's a four yeah but, no i uh, think it was a solid episode what yeah say. it was really cool it was super fun super fringy uh nothing none of the plot lines really bothered me that much aside we were making jokes but none of it really bugged me so it's not like no. some episodes where the plot <laughs> is just ugh. Where some of the plot gets away from from the show, yeah. Which, if you if you really watch it, anything past season three, the plot gets away from. Them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yeah, season four. 
So uh, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Four Seasons and a Funeral. Mm -hmm. If you want to get in contact with us, feel free to tweet us at Forsaf on Twitter. That's four spelled out, S-A-A-F. Or you can email us at Forsaf at gmail.com. That's four spelled out, F-O-U-R, with S-A-A-F after that. And yeah, uh, yeah, great to have everyone here. We'll see you guys uh, next hour when we have our next episode. We don't, yes, we film every <laughs> single episode right after each other. We'll yeah. keep that continuity. That's yeah, our exactly. <laughs> Very long hours between this, between January 30th and today. <laughs> and longest January 31st. Hour. I don't know what you're talking about. Longest hour of my life. <laughs> and with that, outro. <laughs>